Welcome to another episode of the two-on-one podcast with Adam and Alex. Alex, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Long time no see. Yeah, it's been, like it's been like two and a half hours. I was about to say, yeah, our class and our class ended two hours ago. Uh, Alex, here we are. A new episode of the Two in One podcast. So, do you want to update the listeners about our new schedule? Um, sure. So we're gonna go to two episodes a week. Finally, we've been talking about this for what? For a couple weeks, <laughs> and then we we finally figured it out how to do it because you know we have Skype. Um, so I think we're gonna do either Wednesday or Thursday, and either Saturday or Sunday. Uh, whatever works best with our school schedules. That's pretty much it. So you're gonna yeah. have to you get to hear us twice a week. Uh, the weekend episode will probably be recorded in studio, but this way. Yeah, in, the prof- in our prof- in our professional studio. Yes. Obviously. But at least with Skype now, we can guarantee that if one of us can't make it, that we still can record some sort of content. We don't have Daniel today. Uh, no. I'm just gonna include him as a host now. He's busy. He has work to do. Yeah, unlike us, he's uh, he's actually doing his stuff. <laughs> anyway, Alex, uh, you know what's awesome? You know what came out right before we started recording? What? Uh, two things: Steve Dangle's new LFR, as well as Thirty One Thoughts this week from Elliot Friedman. Oh, I, I didn't get to read it yet. That I have some points to bring up. It adds to something in the Power Hour, which we're going to talk about. By the way, opening the show from now on, we have the Power Hour. Which is kind of like Stewie's Fast Five, except we want to talk about all the little snippets of news around the league because, of course, we want to talk about every single team. We focus on the Leafs in Toronto, sorry, the Leafs and the Habs, but, of course, I want to give some attention to every team in the (coughs) uh, storylines around the league, Alex. So why don't we get started with the Power Hour? Okay. All right. So, first of all, Alex, uh, Bobby Ryan likes his contract. Do you know that? (laughs) Uh, I saw that. He likes his contract. After being healthy scratch in the game, they asked him uh, what they asked about Roberto Longo a couple years about his contract, saying Longo admitted his sucked Bobby Ryan. What do you think about yours? And he said that uh, – let me just get the exact quote up. Sorry. So this is the full tweet that I saw. Bobby Ryan was asked if his contract sucks, as Roberto Longo once said. Ryan said, it works for me. I like it. And he started laughing about it. Of course, uh, Sens fans were not happy about this because, of course – he since signing that extension, he's just been a bit of a disappointment, hasn't he? Should I tell you his point totals? Uh, yeah. Fifty. So 2015-16, when the contract kicked in, uh, 56 points, 25 uh, points. How many goals? Thir- how many goals in that first year? 22. All right. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean? Okay. He seven point two five. That's yeah, the cap hit. He's scoring that, third no. goal back in Anaheim. Uh, 25 points in 62 games, then 33 points in 62 games, then 42 points in 78 games. That's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, do people have a right to be mad at him, though, for, you know, this little joke he makes about his contract being okay for him? What? I don't know if you should be mad about I, I, what's what's there to be mad at. He's just making like I get it. Uh, he's made 
the cap hit is 7.25 million um like what are you gonna do about it now like why be mad how many more years does it have Including this year three, since we're at the beginning of this season. Ooh, that's rough. They'll be competitive uh, yeah. by then, according to you. I mean, I don't... Yeah, sure they will. Alex, you forgot that before we continue on the Power Hour, I want to give a shout-out to someone. Oh, sorry, I forgot, yeah. I want to give a shout-out to Donald uh, of the Ryerson Journalism Program. Because uh, he came up to me today. I was waiting for class. I was talking to Will Baldwin, fellow Habsan. Donald came up and he said that, you know, he's a listener and he likes the show. No way. He's not a massive hockey guy. I think he's more basketball. Have you ever seen his Instagram story? So yeah. he said, you know, he listens to us and that. And, and and so, yeah, he just he believes whatever we say, Alex. Now we got to go full hot takes to uh to look a little. I sick. didn't know. I didn't know he listened. That's nice. Yeah, he did. He came up to me. You said you really liked the show. So, uh, <laughs> but you know what you should do now, Donald, when you're listening and to everyone listening is you should rate this show. You should subscribe to it, share it, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, we continue on the power hour. Alex, Brendan Perlini, the Chicago Black Ops have traded him in exchange for Alec Regula. I've I never thought, heard of that man before. I, he was drafted. I don't remember what year off the top of my head. I'm going to pull that up right now. He drafted third round in 2018. Uh, I've heard that he will be an NHL player at some point in his career. I find this trade interesting. Uh, I don't want to go too in-depth on it just because it's not the biggest deal. But they traded Henry Yokiaryu for Alex Nylander. So I wonder if they really saw something in Alex Nylander or they just were not impressed with Brendan Perlini. Because they did get Brendan Perlini in the uh, Nick Schmaltz deal from Arizona. Of course, uh Dylan Strom overcoming uh, over to Chicago in that deal. Interesting part here about Regula. He is a right-handed defenseman, played with fellow Chicago or former teammate Chicago Blackhawk prospect Adam Bogfist on the London Knights. I've seen some good things about him. We'll see. But, yeah, it seems that Brandon Perlini lost his spot with, of course, uh, Alex Nylander and, of course, the emergence of Kirby Dock. Yeah. Uh, now, Alex, quick question for you. Do you ever have that one player in the league that for some reason you just like him more than other people do? And if you could sign him, you'd probably give him a stupid contract. You asked me this today and I said I'd, I'd try to come up with an answer. And I don't know if I do. Really? I don't know if I have like off the top of my head. I don't really have a have an answer. Well, mine is Craig Smith. OK, why is that? I, I don't know. I just You just don't have an answer? When I used to play, back in the heyday when I play a lot of NHL GM mode, I just I really like Craig Smith. Play the wing, play the center, can, can score your 20 goals, plays in the penalty kill. He's one of those depth guys that, you know what? Gets overpaid when he has a really good year and goes for free agency. Uh, talking about someone who has a bad deal, Brent Seabrook. Oh, God. Did you see this? I saw he got scratched. Uh, do you have the quote up by curiosity? Because I, I thought the quote was quite interesting. He said am, he didn't think he deserved uh, to be scratched based on his play. I think that's what he said. I'm not too sure. So what I saw to be, <clears throat> to be exact here was it got – see, this got missed because it came in the midst of the Roman Yossi signing. But uh, the quote 
that I saw was a visibly upset Brent Seabrook. I don't think I need rest. I think I feel great. I'm 34. You guys seem to want to write articles about my age and my speed. I feel like I got a lot to offer in this league and still be a good player for somebody. Now, it's been no, it's not a secret that the Blackhawks have wanted to trade Brent Seabrook. He is old, he has looked worn out, and he doesn't have the legs he used to. He's not a defenseman that's great in this league anymore. I don't know if, okay, off the top of your head, can you think of a team that would want Brent Seabrook? Not, like, based on his contract. He's in the fourth year of an eight-year deal at $6.875 million. Yeah. What team? What team would take that? I don't know. I don't. No team should take that deal. No one should. I don't know if anyone would. But Until it, he. Yeah. Sorry. Well, what what's interesting is this is from Elliot Freeman's thirty-one thoughts, right? Uh, the other. So this is thought thirteen. The other tense situation now in Chicago. The Blackhawks have just played three of eleven on the road and are tied for last in the West. Expectations were high. This was supposed to be a return to contention, which is an issue all its own, by the way. They've uh, got. But did delicate- we say? What did we say? Sorry, sorry to cut you off. We didn't think they were going to make the playoffs, but they could surprise. And I think the back end was always a concern with me and you. Yeah. So to continue Friedman's thing, they've got delicate minefields to navigate with Corey Crawford and Brent Seabrook. Two proud backbones of their championship era. Seabrook went public with his displeasure. There was an awkward dance last season where the organization wanted to see if he'd be willing to move, but the defenseman said the request was not specifically made to him. And of course, as you said, Alex, he has four years left, $6.875 million. And of course, Corey Crawford, there's more of Robin Lehner in that. But it's it looks like it's getting really messy in Chicago, and I think everyone knew the moment they signed that Seabrook extension, it was going to be a problem. Yeah, I I also thought I think they said that there was um that they were going to contend for the a playoff spot this year, right? That's what the quote said. It was an expectation to return to contention, yes. And I think that that idea was created. When they signed Robin Leonard, do you would you agree with that? Yeah, because I could see them. You've got to. I think the situation there was, of course, it was going to become a goaltending battle between Leonard and Corey Crawford, and we've got two guys competing. They're playing at their best. You get gold, good goaltending. You have Taves. You have Kane. Yeah, I could see that they had that thought in their head. Because there weren't a lot of other moves that they made that pushed that idea right they traded artem anisimov for zach smith they kept kirby doc who else they they didn't really do anything else to say oh uh, we're gonna push for a for a playoff spot this year they got depth pieces calvin dehan isn't gonna push you over the edge kirby doc might be a superstar one day but you know it's his rookie year yeah so I don't know how it's going to go in Chicago, but I don't feel bad for them. No, no. They they had their glory. Um, Alex, I have always wanted to see the lacrosse goal in the NHL, and Andre wow. pulled it off last night. Of course, we all saw, saw Vancouver prospect Nils Hoglander do it. 
over uh, overseas, but Andre Sechnikov, sorry, not overseas from Michigan. And also on the NHL, Andre Sechnikov pulls it off in a Carolina Hurricanes win. I love it. Yeah, that was uh, quite. No, uh, Niels Hoglander is playing. He's playing in Sweden. Oh, it is Sweden. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that those are two nice goals. Uh, I believe that's the first time it's ever happened in the NHL. Yeah, I saw someone's uh, like a thing on Instagram saying finally someone did it. So, speaking of Carolina, the storm surge is back and they were handing candy out during the celebration. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's funny. That's nice. It's I back. love the storm surge now. Oh no. Why don't you uh, tell people why you didn't like it before? Because uh, they used it once after they beat Montreal last year, and I was bitter. <laughs> and uh, they took Jake Gardner from you. Yeah, and they took Jake Gardner. It's a botching <laughs> which say what you want, signed a contract with the Habs. Anyway, Sidney Crosby, he owns the Flyers. Uh, 7-1 victory over the Flyers last night due uh the Pittsburgh Penguins. Crosby had a three-point night. 102 points in 68 games versus the Flyers. Wow. Wow. That's he's a dumb. lot of points. He's really dumb. Like, good. It's incredible. Yeah. You well, you know what? You know what you've been saying, right? Never. Uh, Don't count out Sidney Crosby. Never count out Sidney Crosby. Because any time they play the Flyers, have you ever noticed that the score is always just at least like seven goals? Every time they play. Yeah, it's. I feel like it either go. It's either an extremely rough match, or it's just Pittsburgh pounding them. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what it reminds me of? Tell me. Anytime Ovechkin plays Montreal and Toronto. Oh yeah. We'll talk about that later. But if there are two teams that Ovechkin owns, it's those two. Oh yeah. Uh, you you have some stuff about Vancouver. Why don't you talk about that? Okie dokie. Uh, they beat Florida. I I think it was 7-2. Yeah. I will double check. You, you double, double check that for me. And it's funny because this win against Florida came after losing a 5-1 lead against Washington. They lost to Washington in shootout after – leading five to one now the canucks sit right now with 15 points in 11 games and it's interesting because i feel like this is something we haven't seen a lot of they're getting scoring from all around you got elias Patterson 14 points jt miller 13 points besser 10 points horvat nine points edler nine points that's your top five you also have brandon sutter and josh levo at six points and i get it it, this isn't going to last, this point, the way they're scoring. But it's a very good start for a se- to the season for a team that I didn't know how well they were going to do. Now, anything can fall apart. And this is what I'm, I'm about to get to. They're goaltending. Right now, they're getting really good goaltending. Uh, Markstrom, who's 4-2-1, and 9-20 save percentage. Uh, two basically two and a half goals against average, and Thatcher Demko, who's three and one with a 9.41 save percentage and a goals against average of 1.73. You that's, know what? That's I incredible goaltending. It's really nice to see Thatcher Demko 
looking good, right? Because he's yes. been a highly, highly touted goaltending prospect for a long time now. Yeah. And and so I went to their uh, analytics because, you know, Adam, I'm very analytical. Uh, <laughs> their By PDO. The way, it, was, it was 7-2 Vancouver. It was 7-2. Thank you. Their PDO is 103.8. Uh, and, and I think we've talked about it before. The PDO kind of averages out to just around 100. Yes. So they're probably going to regress soon. Uh, but what? But if their goaltenders can find their save percentage is probably going to drop a little bit. But if they can, if Markstrom can stay just around the 920 mark, and even if Demko. Even if he goes down to 905, 910, I don't think that's the big biggest of deals because that's pretty solid goaltending from a from a 1A and a 2 or 1B and a 2. I don't know if you consider Markstrom a 1A. He showed flashes last year, but goaltenders are really weird. And in that division, anything can happen. Yeah, and the second part, because I was talking about Florida uh, – they're, I think they're really having problems on the back end. <laughs> oh yeah, they are. They right now they do have a they have um their goalie save percentage is below league league average at eight seven five. Who is it? It's Bobrovsky and Montembo. Yeah, Ooh. and their PDO is ninety seven point four. So but, what is the ratio? So you say a hundred PDO is normal. When does it start getting ridiculous number-wise? What is a really – what's a the Colorado Avalanche the year they finished first in the league and lost in the first round? Like, what was their PDO? What's extreme for PDO? To be honest, I'm not too sure. Really, if you're going up to like 102, 103, that's pretty high. Like, you don't see a lot of that. Most of those teams will end up regressing unless you're the New York Islanders of last year. <laughs> or the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> or the Vegas Golden Knights of their first year. But that's, just to go back to Florida quickly, is that their shooting percentage is above league average right now. Really? Yeah. And what was the stat you told me earlier about Sasha Barkov? 13 assists. And thir- he has 13 points. All of them assist. Wow. And their shooting percentage is down. Is, is their shooting the league the, the, hasn't scored. Yeah, the where is it? The sh- league average shooting percentage is 9.6. The F- Florida Panthers have a 10.3. Ooh. So let's be honest. Sergey Bobrov. Okay, we all know Sergey Bobrovsky. He's not the best goalie in the world. We we give that title to Carey Price uh, here at, on the Two on One podcast. Sorry. But but we Sorry. he is what? So no, I was, I was doing the, the I'm guessing you oh, didn't come up on the mic. I did the whole it's a hot. No, I heard I heard it. I heard it. Um, he's going to go back up. Like I get it. He has an 870 and a 3.79 uh, goals against average, but it will fix itself. He hasn't I've, won two Vesnas for nothing. Like I, yeah, I find it hard to believe that people think it's going to stick to this. He's going to finish the, the year with a below 900 save percentage. It's just not going to I think that's a little ridiculous. Uh, guess who is playing a big milestone a big milestone game tonight? Who? Uh, this person is probably the best player in the league. This point in his career, 
390. Oh, that was la- that was last night. Connor what? McDavid. Oh, he scored last. Sorry, I wrote my notes lot from last night. Well, ladies and gentlemen, last night I want to give a congratulations to Connor McDavid in the losing effort. Unfortunately, uh, he now has 394 points in 300 career games. The best player in the world. God. You'd love to see it. That's disgusting. But Alex, that isn't the last thing I want to bring up on the Power Hour. Okay. Tonight, oh. somebody plays his 500th career game. I want to give a shout out it? to Brendan Gallagher. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, also, do you want to know another huge milestone the Habs achieved against the Coyotes in previous years? Uh, go. I have no idea. Carey Price got his 300th win against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, and what's he going to get tonight? Uh, nothing. If, oh. if there's a goaltending record for the Habs, Carey Price has it. Oh. Except shutouts because George Hainsworth has like 75. Oh my god. It's dumb. Uh, Alex, our, our first big topic of the show here. Vladimir Tarasenko is out and will be re-evaluated in five months after uh, soldier surgery. I yeah. find it interesting they didn't say he's out five months. They just said he'll be reevaluated in in five months. Listen, you never know, man. You never know what could happen. And with a player like Tarasenko, I don't know if if he's depending on what what the Blues are like in five months. Like they're gonna make the playoffs, right? Like that's. I mean, he was he had a really good start to the year. Ten points in ten games, three goals, yeah. three goals, seven assists, right? Like, and that's that's a key player right there. So no, I know, I know it's I know it's a key player. Um, what I was trying to get, what I was kind of trying to say is, is if they're fighting for a playoff spot, and it's five, and Vladimir Tarasenko is like ninety percent, I think you still tr- put him out there because he is a vital part to this team. Are you saying that the St. Louis Blues' biggest trade line uh, get could be a healthy Vladimir Tarasenko? It might be, because if they're let's say they're solid in a playoff spot, like they're like Leafs last year knew we got it, they had a playoff spot, and sorry, I this the only good examples I have, man. I'm sorry. That's fine. Uh, and you knew who you were gonna play. Oh, I yeah, say they've known they were playing the Bruins all yeah. year. Yeah, since it's January, it was like basically it. for sure. It's probably happening again this year. Yeah, yeah. I I would wait. I would say you know what? Let me make sure Tarasenko is a hundred percent before I I put him on the ice because I don't want to reaggravate that injury and now he's out for the playoffs, right? Yeah. So. It, it that's why I think they might have gone with reevaluated. I think it depends on what is going on with his shoulder and what the, is going on with the team. He's just, he's such an important player. Uh, he's among the top goal scorers in the league over the past few years. He's up there with Matthews. He's up there with Ovechkin. And I have said before that the first player I started to root for that wasn't of my own team, it was Vladimir Tarasenko. So I have a really soft spot for him. And I really hope this recovery goes well for him because, you know, Shoulder surgery, that isn't easy. Yeah. Uh, And he played on the first line in St. Louis, correct? 
uh, it was normally it, it was weird. Sometimes it would just be the O'Reilly line, or sometimes they would separate it from like him and Shen. So, but but he was a top six role. But you know what? How some teams do like no, I know, second I know. line center. But let's be honest. It's but he but he played with Braden Shen. I mean, sorry. Normally, yes. So right now, Daily Faceoff has Jaden Schwartz, Braden Shen, and Sammy Blaze on the first line. I thought that maybe we'll see, but that maybe Robert Thomas got a better look. Yeah, we'll see. Right now, Daily Faceoff has him on the third line, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Noted Habs fan growing up, Sammy Blaze. When uh, well, there are always certain players that when they come to Montreal always get a rousing ovation because they're French. Uh, Mark Edouard Vlasic and Sammy Blay normally massive reactions. Fun fact. And every time they're in Montreal, St. Louis puts a thing on Instagram about Sammy Blay was a Habs fan growing up. So, <laughs> uh, anything else to say about St. Louis and that? Then we're gonna bring them up later with Alex Petrangelo. I want to relate that to Roman Yossi, but uh, other than the defense, no. Like, okay, gonna so gonna we're going to keep going on the injury front here. Miko Rantanen's ankle. Sorry? I said we'll get all the bad things out first. Yeah, Miko Rantanen's ankle faced the wrong way. Sorry, his, his oh. foot was, oh, 100 that was bad. Degrees, 180 degrees the wrong way. Luckily, he is only out week to week. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it's no, 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 it says longer than week to week. Jared Bednar said after practice on Tuesday. What did he say? Did or did he just say yeah, it's longer week to week? It just said it says Landeskog will be out longer than week to week. Avalanche coach Jared Bednar said after practice Tuesday. Oh, I meant I meant Rantanen. Oh, okay. Rantanen's week to week. But yeah. Oh Gabe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Miko Rantanen's okay. Has anybody had a rougher few few months than, than Gabriel Landeskog? Rough change that cost his team a trip to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, gave Pittsburgh their only big one of the season when he gets the worst bounce in history and puts a buck in his own net. And now he's out indefinitely of a lower body injury. Yeah, rough. I, I don't – listen, this team's still going to win. I don't think he's worried. <laughs> uh, the big problem now in Colorado is – the top line is now just decimated. All right, you had it up earlier today. What? Who is now the top line with Nathan McKinnon? Uh, Kadri and Jonas Donskoy. Now, why would they put Kadri on his wing? That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not sure. I I don't I don't know. Well, because I'm the who else would you put on the wing? Like I'm looking at the other players that the abs have who do you put on his wing i forgot they had valerie nikushkin no i'm not going to try and say it you all know nikushkin yeah i mean jt confer you could always give a shot to who doesn't love some um some not uh, some andre burakovsky i mean your your lineup is that much more difficult when you spread your sentiment out i don't know if they just want you know some some grit because i think Kadri's a scorer to me, right? And I would I would rather have him doing his own thing than to partner up with McKinnon, right? But yeah, no, I, I'm not sure what they were thinking. I mean, they have the talent to make up for it in in the short term. They're gonna be, I think they're gonna be fine in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, uh, can we talk about their back end for a second? Johnson, Gerard, McCarr. I don't like that's so not fair. 
So Sam Gerard, Eric Johnson, mm-hmm. Ian Cole, Kale McCarr, Nikita yeah. Zadorov, Ryan Graves. And I'm assuming where has uh, Trevor Timmons gone? Connor Timmons? Yes. Uh, I think he's playing He's playing in the AHL. I'm sorry. I got him mixed up with Habs uh, assistant general manager, Connor Timmons. Sorry, Trevor. I'm getting Trevor the mix. Timmons. I'm so sorry. I always give you crap for making about the Leafs, but I have turned everything into Montreal so far. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, he's Colorado. playing in Colorado. So he's point. playing with the Eagles. Good for him. Of course, he had that massive concussion last year. Missed basically all of it. So uh, he was Victor. I'm going to do it again. He was Victor Mete's defensive partner in the World Juniors a couple of years ago. So we've don't forget they have Bowen Byram coming up. Wait, wait. Before you continue, yes, don't forget Bowen they have Bowen Byram. That is so unfair. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Ottawa. <laughs> For him and Gerard. Oh. Think of that. The freaking Duchesne trade got them cut. Cut them Samuel Gerard and and uh, and Bowen Byram. Unbelievable. By the way, how much of a WHL name is Bowen Byram? Doesn't come more WHL than that. You should be on the podcast. Bowen Byram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We talked about some bad stuff. Let's talk about someone getting a lot of money. Okay. Roman so, Yossi. Roman Yossi uh, has a historic deal in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the National Predators. He's been making $4 million for about the past seven seasons, one of the best value contracts in the league. Signs an eight-year extension, $9 million, $59,000 uh, in there as well because everyone wants to do their jersey numbers in their contract now. Basically, he's making $9 million for eight years, Alex. Now, he has a full new no uh, a full no-move clause in the contract, uh, signing bonuses in the first four years, stuff that has never been given out in Nashville. Thoughts on the deal? Uh, I think it's a really good deal. Um, there's n- not much to complain about it. See, I mean, listen. I disagree. He, what was there? Because it's eight years? It is the same – I want to give the Predators the same crap here that we gave the Minnesota Wild for the Jared Spurgeon deal. I'm this sorry. He's not Jared in. Spurgeon. Okay. So, Jer- from now, what I have seen of Jared Spurgeon from the from like an, an advanced analytics point of view, is he a fantastic defenseman? Yes. Is 7.2 worth for Jared Spurgeon? Yes. But, of course, that contract is kicking in when he is how old? 30. 31. 31. Now, I, Roman Yossi I believe is a it's fantastic 31. defenseman. He is yeah. one of, if not, he's number one or two all-time when it comes to Nashville's defenseman behind Shea Weber, right? Or right ahead of him. We'll see. By the end of his career, he's probably going to lead every defensive record in Nashville Predators history. But at the same time, as the as a Nashville or win-now team, I like it. Yeah, a fantastic deal. I like the number. The open market, he gets an Eric Carlson, Drew Doughty number, right? But yes. Again, it kicks in when he's 30. That's the bad thing is this deal is going to suck in a few years, but for now it's fine. I don't know if a few years. I think it might take some time for this to actually suck. How long? Okay. He's what, 30? He'll be 30 when this contract kicks in. I'm pretty sure the front half will be fine. The back half will be quite interesting. The base salary for it is, of course, the first four years, it's $11 million in the signing bonus the first year, 10 in the second, 9 
then $4 million. Then it's $0 in signing bonuses for the back half of the deal. But and the base salary is the problem in the back half. So it may not be that easy to move, especially with the no-move clause. Yeah. It's, it's the same problem that the Carey Price deal will be one day. The same problem with the Eric Carlson and Drew Doughty. I don't want to sound like I'm a cynic who hates the deal. I like it for now, but... I mean, what were you going to do? You're not letting Roman Yossi walk. It could have been a lot worse. The closer he got to... The closer he got to uh, July 1st of next year, the more money he would have gotten. So we can we can sit here and say he took a discount, right? Sure. Sure. Why do you yeah. say sure? Why not a yes? Is no, there yeah. yes. in your mind that tells you, mm, Roman Yossi? Listen, I've heard mixed things about Roman Yossi. I heard he's great offensively. Uh, his defense game isn't the greatest. That's the only <laughs> That's the only thing I've heard. He has 13 points in 12 games so far this season, by the way. So, yeah, you talk about offense. He's normally a 40, 50-point guy to begin with. Which, for a defenseman, is quite good. Of course. Uh, right, I'll so hockey DB up page right now quickly. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what what my only concern is. Yeah, so of his first two seasons, I'm ignoring, but his third season, 40 points, then 55, 61, 49, 53, 56. You know, in, and he'll normally get you 10 to 15 goals as a defenseman. Yeah, that's fantastic. Of course, yeah, you're a lot more when like analytically savvy than i am please don't people don't get a mix up with the hate analytics i do not i just don't like reading about them i'm trying i'm trying yeah but so i brought up earlier that i want to talk about petrangelo right because i think the the this is something we're going to stop talking about immediately like no one's talking about this deal anymore except for the two agents that Whoever represents Tory Krug and Alex Petrangelo, who are, of course, the two biggest uh, UFA defensemen coming up for July 1st. <clears throat> now, the Bruins may have a thing of having great deals and people taking discounts, but Tory Krug is going to, make a, going to need to take a very, very big discount. Uh, same with Alex Petrangelo. No. How does this affect them? Okay, so Petrangelo makes six and a half right now, right? <laughs> That's dumb. He's so good. S- Crazy deal. Roman Yossi's left-handed, right? He is, yes. Oh, okay. Alex Petrangelo is? A right-handed defenseman. They're the, and they're the same age, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, same age. Does Roman – sorry, does Alex Petrangelo walk into St. Louis's office? Alex Petrangelo is – would you say Alex Petrangelo is better than Roman Yossi? Oh, don't let me don't let me answer that question. Because no, answer it. Answer. Soft, I have a soft spot for lefties, like Oliver Ekman, Larson, Alex Petrangelo. I just have soft spots for them. Alex, but but who is better, Alex Petrangelo or Roman Yossi? You're asking me, and I'd and like right off the bat, I think I'd prefer to have Roman Yossi. Okay, fine. Let's say they're the same player, just alone. Let's say that they're the same skill level. They are both fantastic possibly top 10 defensemen in the national hockey league okay. who are captains of okay. their team we both know that uh 
a right-handed defenseman is a extremely wanted commodity in the NHL. I don't understand why they have to make more than lefties, but yes, you are right. That is a fact. Okay. So if I'm Petrangelo, I walk in there and say, I'm right. I'm as good as Roman Yossi, if not better. I'm right-handed. So please give me more money than Roman Yossi. So you're telling me he asked for $10 million He asks for more than Roman Yossi. Okay. He asks for Roman Yossi. He asks for $10 million, uh, Twenty-seven thousand. Twenty-seven thousand dollars. He wears twenty-seven. Yeah. I hate at that. At least, story. at least ten million dollars. Do you think he gets the Eric Carlson deal? I don't think he's as good as Eric Carlson or Drew Doughty, but I think he could push for that type. Of wanted to, and a team would would pay for that. Oh, open market for sure. I don't see Petrangelo leaving St. Louis, but what about Tory Krug? Because that is, uh, I think Tory Krug is going to be the most interesting free agent coming up this year. Oh, uh, that's a unrestricted that's a tough one. actually unrestricted. He's unrestricted. Yeah. So he's the a, one I mean is, I think one. there are some RFA's that we should keep an eye out for, but UFA wise, it's Tory Krug. Can I be honest about Tory Krug? Yeah. Uh, I don't, this is so left field, but it would be hilarious if he did this. Go to Montreal? No, if he went to, to, uh, Detroit, cause he's from Michigan. Steve Eiserman, man, right? Could you imagine? If he pulled that off, that would be crazy. I'm looking at Detroit because things are changing there. The, uh, they sent. Your boy was it? Uh, God, oh, I I can't remember his name. I'm I'm um Danny DeKaiser. He waves Danny DeKaiser, so he he clearly does not give a crap about the whole veteran you know thing there. There a lot of those super stupid long deals are coming up uh, soon. Of course, if you look at Franz Nielsen, only has three years left. Darren Holmes only got to. Beside that, they're like a lot of those really, really crappy deals are finally starting to come off the books in Detroit. So he's gonna have some money available. Listen, here on Cap Friendly, it says they have a projected projected cap space of twenty three, just over twenty three and a half million. Uh, that's based on the eighty one and a half. Look at their defensemen. Look who's coming off the books and tell me that Tory Krug wouldn't make that, that defense look uh, pretty special. How the hell does Mike Green still make $5.7 million? I didn't know he was still playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why did Ken Holland give him multi-years at 5.3? Or he's 34. What happened? I think they're just looking for someone to fill that spot. I mean, for anyway, though. There's a, but there is a chance that he stays in Boston, right? Like I said, they have to, over 23 and a half. It's Boston. He's been there his whole career. Yeah. He's an, he was an unrestricted like, college guy they signed. They've treated them well. They're winners. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he left, but boy, would me and you love it if he did. It would be, it would be hilarious. But it's, it's a storyline to keep on on Petrangelo and Krug with free agency coming up. Again, uh, we are recording this on October 30th. 
So we haven't even gone out the first month of the season yet, but still, it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. <laughs> now, Alex, we're going to get to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. There's a lot here. So Sorry, can I just bring something up quickly? Sure. Actually, you know what? I'll bring it up later because we're going to talk about it. Okay, so uh, the Leafs have not had a good, I'd say, what, week and a half? They haven't had a good month. It's really funny that since they beat the Bruins last Saturday, everything has gone downhill. Starting with a loss to Columbus, they lost to the Bruins, they beat San Jose, no one cared. And this whole journey starts on Saturday. Uh, they come in to Montreal. Montreal kick, I can't swear on this podcast, but kick their blank in for two of three periods. The Leafs allow three breakaways, a two-on-one. That was how four of Montreal's goals were scored. The other one, the opening goal, Cody Ceci completely blew off Brendan Gallagher. Gallagher goes, crashes in that like not like he does it all the time. The Leafs didn't start on time again. Their second, sorry, the uh, Montreal's third goal was a face-off to start the third period. I think it was seven seconds in, Armia gets the breakaway and scores there. See, I can sit here and I can brag about Montreal here, Alex, but I feel like the story here is, I'm, I'm going to say this now as a Habs fan, I love the fact that Montreal goes and destroys Toronto. Fantastic. You love to see it, right? Jonathan drew in two goals. Forehand, backhand. He had one that was barred down. You love to see it, right? But there is something in the water there in Toronto right now, isn't there? I don't know what it is. They they can't. I will give you guys some credit here. They did have some fight at the end of the first period. But if there's anything I can tell you about the Habs is the Leafs may not be able to start on time. But Montreal can't finish strong. They've allowed eight goals in the last minute of the period uh, in this season already. But... Mike Babcock, do you know what he decided to do to try and break the slumps of the back-to-backs that the Leafs have had in their struggles against them, right? You want to know what they, what he did? What did he do? So, of course, I am a big fan of the features they do about players and that before the game, but I also believe there's a curse that whenever a team has a feature done on them, they lose. Now, there was no feature done because it was the Heritage Classics. They were doing a bunch of stuff with that. But they interviewed Mike Babcock, and he's like, oh, well, you know, we haven't been very good on these back-to-backs. We haven't won one, so I've changed things up. Do you know what he did? And what they focused on on Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, I don't know. That he changed up and wore a three-piece suit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Sorry. <laughs> this was Mike Babcock, gold medal coach, you know, Olympic gold medal coach. His solution to the Leafs not winning a single back-to-back to start the year was to wear a three-piece suit. Um, I find it – I'm sorry. I find it really hard to believe that that was his plan. Well, like, really, oh, because honestly, there was no change. What there is there to change? The way Toronto have started the game for how many years now? Three. Took over. Three. The first, so after the first year, 15-16 of Mike Babcock's tenure – I did to be honest, I barely watched that year. Like it was a mess. No. It was I, just... I couldn't. I couldn't. They like, were losing to lose. Like they were losing to lose. They got Austin Matthews, and as soon as they got Austin Matthews and Marner was there and Neil 
Verlander was playing and Hyman was all these players were here playing. This team could not start on time. I I don't know why. They were they they were better the first year Babcock had them, the year where they did finish last. They I think that's the best, the most consistent they've ever ever played to start a year. But then the moment they continued they losing. It was like eighty two games of hell. I know, but then the moment what? they get Marner and, and they get Matthews and Nylanders on the team, all these young guys, that massive call-up after the trade deadline, you know, when they should be good, they should be playing a consistent game, it all falls off. off it all falls off. So what are your yeah. thoughts generally on the Saturday game, how they played, all that kind of stuff? It's not even just a Saturday game. It was last night's game, too. I, I want to get to Washington's game separately because there's a lot more there. Okay, I mean, it's all the same thing. Like, last episode that we recorded with Daniel, uh, which was what Saturday, which was the Saturday. Did you know he was late to that episode? Oh. Just wanted to mention that. Sorry, go what on. Did I, what, oh, what did I talk about? I talked about defense. Uh, did I talk about the power play? I don't remember. I I'll think talk, you and Daniel talked about special teams, yes. A little, we talked about special teams briefly. I'm going to bring it up a little bit more today. The Habs, I mean, the Leafs only had one power play. They probably should have had a second one when Max Domi punched Alec Kerfoot. But... Oh, I have a whole other thing to say about that. Yeah. Um, the back, we talked about the back-to-back situation. Uh, there's nothing new for me to say. I can just continue commenting on the things I've already stated. And since you don't want me to talk about Washington, let me let's just let's just get there now because it's the same thing. Before we do then, um there were a few things I just want to quickly say because of course, yeah, we are I think since this podcast is sorry, we've had a lot more focus on Toronto because they are the more newsworthy team. So I just want to take a second here. To talk about my Montreal Canadiens, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. I, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. What did you think of their performance? Uh, I didn't watch the entire game in depth just because I was out for dinner uh, for my birthday. Happy so, birthday, by the way, Alex. So I thank you. So I didn't get to watch. I saw the first period in oh. depth. I saw part of the second period. Uh, I didn't really get to see the third period in depth. I just saw every time Montreal scored because I saw the red lights. Um, I I thought it was good. Like I think we talked about it in the season preview that this team is going to fight for a playoff spot for sure. Like it's yeah. not a question. They're in that battle with Florida and with Buffalo and with I think the Islanders. That's the I think right now it's more of a battle of Tampa than Buffalo. <laughs> no, I, no, 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 no. You know well, they're not a big talking point. I know what you're. I know what you're trying to say. I don't want to get into Buffalo. I already. T- everyone knows the goalie situation there. Yeah. But they're gonna be in that fight in the last 10, 15 games of the season. It's going to be very stressful. <laughs> It's going to be stressful, but you know you have an advantage over a lot of teams, right? Yes. You have the best goalie in the world. You have the best goalie in the world. Uh, Just, I want to give a shout out again to Jonathan Druin, who continues to impress. Uh, I feel really bad for Michael Hutchinson, because if there was one player on Montreal you don't want to come in alone and who has the skill set to make you look like a fool... Uh, by the way, I know we, I think we said it last week, but also, uh, Leafs fans, uh, you cannot, you cannot blame Michael Hutchinson. I thought he was outstanding against Montreal. 
So uh, give him a break. Again, I, I'm biased because I know his cousin, but at the same time, I think Michael Hutchinson has been great for Toronto, but oh. they haven't been great yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was one of his games. I don't remember which one on the top of my head. I'm going to go find it, that he did not play very well. I believe it was the Boston game, but I could be wrong. I try to remember. I try to not remember the really bad games. And finally, he's really having a breakout season after he had a concussion. It wasn't quite the same last year. I want to thank the Winnipeg Jets for when they tried to sign Paul Stastny or re-sign him before he went to Vegas. They made a trade where they sent Montreal Steve Mason's contract. Montreal immediately bought it out. And as a sweetener in that trade, not only did they give Montreal, I believe, as a fourth-round pick, but they gave them Yoel Armia, who currently is tied for Montreal's uh, goal scoring and has an extremely heavy shot. And if you ever get the chance, Alex, and you're watching a game, Joel Armia may have the best hands on the Montreal Canadiens, but he does it in slow motion, and it's incredible to watch. When Armia wants the puck, you cannot knock it off of him. I love those fins. So, also, a really interesting point that was brought up during Saturday's second intermission, uh, NHL headlines. Everyone watched that. That may be my favorite part of the week is NHL headlines. Yeah. Um, But my um, reporter, Chris Johnson, Elliot Friedman, talked about that it doesn't sound like Mike Babcock's job is in any immediate danger. What did you think, Alex, hearing that? I I wasn't too surprised. We had this discussion – uh, not on the podcast because it wasn't on at the time. We had it at the end of the season last year after they got eliminated. Dubis came out and said, we're reevaluating everyone. It was basically known that his job was not on the line. I think, listen, everyone wants to complain that, oh, he's only a tournament coach, blah, 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 whatever. He's a He's a Stanley Cup winner. He's a Stanley Cup winner. Now, at the he, end of the day, that says something. I get he's a very stubborn. I understand. I get he's a very stubborn man. I can give you a list of things. Unless this team, like, it doesn't even look like they want to play sometimes. Honestly. It doesn't even look like they want to play. But honestly, uh, after Montreal's second goal, the body language on the Leafs bench was really bad. And something we forgot to talk about. um, Jake Muzz... No, Tyson Berry was... He caught a a pretty high elbow from Jeff Petrie in that game, and there was no response. I don't know if we were conditioned as hockey fans not to do anything about it, but it just kind of shows to me that one of your best players, and at the same time, like, your buddy, those guys are your friends, right? Gets right. jacked in front of you and you do nothing about it. What does yeah. that mean to you, Alex? Seeing- well, l- l- listen, you even saw you l- saw Jeff Petrie look up and expect someone to come <laughs> after him, right? You saw that. Uh, he knew, but, but this, no one did anything. And I think this kind of... Matthews, too, with Brandon Dillon against the Sharks. Yeah, this kind of gets to something I know you wanted to bring up now with Ovi. Yeah, bring. I would, ne- you want to bring up Tom Wilson or Ovi right now? Then I'll br- I'll bring up I'll bring up Ovi. It gets to something he was trying to say. You need to play as a team, not individuals. 
This is the quote he said. If they want to play for yourself or if they want to win a Stanley Cup, they'll have to play differently. It took us four years with Barry Trott to realize what you have to do. We make mistakes. The coaching staff makes mistakes. When we get a chance to take it to another level, we all came together and it worked. He's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. And any Lee fan who's pissed off about that needs to take a look at this team. He literally just described this team word for word. Now, now, you know what's really funny about that? What? I was expecting, because we've talked about this before, Montreal and Toronto are two very big fan bases that, because they're the biggest fan bases, they have the most fans, which means they have the most idiots. Oh, but my God. I barely saw anyone disagree with Ovi. Which I you know why you know why no one disagreed with Ovi. Sorry to cut you off. Because he's real right. Quick. No, no, that's fine. It has no because there he's buying it because people are twisting his words and basically saying, oh, he's basically saying we need more tough guys. And all the people in Toronto who agree with that, which is like sixty percent of the fans, that's what it feels like, who agree with that idea that we need a fighter on this team or more than one. He they're twisting his words and that's what he's saying. But it's not what he's saying. If it's you look not. at Ovechkin's career, he knows what it's like. The first time he ever made the playoffs, first round exit, then the second round, first round, second round, second round, first round, second round, second round, second round, most of those against the Penguins before he finally did. He was 32 when he finally won. In his 13th season. A guy who by then had what scored 500, maybe maybe he was even at 600 by the time he won that cup. Probably. He knows. Well, going into the game itself, Alex, were you expecting Toronto to win that game? No, and <laughs> and I'm not. No, I wasn't. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be an honest Leafs fan. I'm not I'm going to tell you how I feel. I'm going to tell you this is my this is what I think needs to be done. At the end of the day, this team needs to play a 60-minute game. And we talked about it earlier. This has been their problem for the last 3 years. I may give you the scenario of what happens with this team. They start really either really good or extremely bad, then They'll continue, then they'll play poorly for the next 40 minutes and then play well for the last 10 minutes of the game. Is that what happened versus Washington? Because I did not get to watch the game, but it sounded from what I saw that a little bit happened. A little bit. I I think there there were spelt. Honestly, I really like. It's hard to say this because I've seen some good performances this year, kind of. But that was probably one of the best team performances I've seen all year. Really? Yeah, even though they lost. And I'm saying performing as a team. You you get what I'm I'm not saying as uh, different individual players who ha- who had really good games and then they won. I'm saying working as a team. Yeah. You get the idea? Yeah. But there were still many things I did not like last night. 
Tell me about N- number one. Please get Cody Cece away from Morgan Riley. Please, <laughs> please. You want to know why Ron Hainsey kind of worked with Morgan Riley last, even though I complained nonstop. Because Ron Hainsey, at the end of the day, was okay in his defensive end, in his own end. He wasn't fast, but yeah. He wasn't – no, but it, being fast does not mean you're not good in your own end. We talked about it earlier today, right? We we're talking about Norris caliber players. Uh, and then after we started talking about Morgan Riley. I said Morgan Riley can break out the puck, can move the puck. He can – he's great on the – like at the back end, but in his own zone or getting back to his own zone, it's quite difficult. Ron Hainsey could take that step in for him when he when he didn't do it pro when Morgan Riley didn't do it properly. I don't know what Cody CC is good at. I can't name it to you. Now. All the Leaf fans were, are probably expecting Travis Dermott to move up there soon. I re- after last night's game, I don't think it's happening anytime soon. Uh, the pair of Dermott and Hall was, I thought, quite interesting. Uh, also, just in that, it was in uh, 31 Thoughts that Marincin is on the trade block. Hey. So. Which kind of sucks. I, I, I'm starting to love Martin Marincin. Not I don't know. Long we can't call him that. We we only refer to Martin Marincin as Magic Hands Marty. Okay, Magic Hands Marty. There you go. Um, so I think they're going to keep with that unless they really like Kevin Gravel. Uh, and I don't know what the hell is going on with Cody Cece. But they need to figure something out because number one – can't have I, I don't think you can have Cody CC playing with Morgan Riley if this, this team I, I want to say if because I don't want to jinx it if this team makes the playoffs and you can't have a four and a half million dollar defenseman playing on your third pair it's a shame that he does make that money because CC as your seventh or eighth guy isn't terrible Especially when you consider, like, what did they lose to to get him, really? It was Zaitsev. And, I mean, yeah, it was Connor Brown, but he just didn't fit in on that team anymore. Well, the reason that trade was made was to get rid of Zaitsev. That's, at the end of the day, that's the reality. That trade was made to get rid of Nikita Zaitsev. Is CC worse than Zaitsev? I've seen people say, I've seen people say that. I don't know. Probably he might be, <laughs> but but to be honest, I'd rather say, oh, I don't have to pay it, uh, Cody CC four and a half for the next five years. I'll be quite happy. Yeah. Right. So I'm fine that I hate because I know this is kind of the year, right? The, where the yes. Leafs are really pushing it uh, to make a run. Their- Biggest year for a bit. If they don't do it this while. year, they won't be terrible, but it will, they probably will need a few years before they can be this good again. Yeah. Um, and and since we're talking about defense, I'll get to my next point. It's not a matter of the defenders needing to be better, which is true. They do. 
it's a bigger the biggest part of this de- the defensive problems is that the forwards need to improve their defensive game it's they have to understand that it's not always about the offense and yes it's great to put up 90 plus points it's great you know marner tavares matthews all want to put up 90 plus points tavares can come back tavares would you say tavares is a two-way player yes would you say matthews or marner are two-way players i think matthews can be but he's not very good at it and mitch marner is not no. and it, you know it goes back to to ovechkin's thing ovechkin didn't play defense when he started I but, don't think he plays defense now, to be honest. I remember on during their cup run, they were showing clips of Ovi blocking a shot. And they said, see, this is him finally playing for the team. And it's a little thing, but beside the playoffs, I've never seen Ovechkin block a shot before. Right. Now, I, and I'm, I'm in no way, shape, or form calling Ovechkin selfish. I'm not one of those people. But if... The Leafs want to succeed. I'm not saying be grinders, but you do need to pay the toll of playing a two-way game to succeed. They, yeah, they don't need to be grunts, right? That's what Brian no, Burke calls them. They don't them. need to be grunts. <laughs> even though I love Nate Thompson. But Mitch Marner especially needs to be a better two-way player. And I hate saying a player makes this much, so they have to perform. But Mitch Marner does make nearly 11 million dollars he made it a big hoopla to get that money and he is a leader on the team he's an important player on that team and all the offense in the world is great but you need to play two-way otherwise right. you're not going to win agreed now so we're talking about matthews i think he looked great last night well, somehow by the way we have not mentioned uh Last night, the Leafs did lose, uh, oh, but of course, Austin Matthews had two goals in that game, and I agree. And, an ass- I and one assist. And an assist. Ovechkin, though, of course, two goals, the game winner, four points, because of course he did. Yeah. But yeah, talk about Matthews and how good he was. Uh, a 22, played 22 minutes and 12 seconds. Not and complaining. Oh, no, the Leafs and Matthews look great when you give them ice time. Yeah. And, and I think he looked good defensively. Like, he was getting in there. It's like he heard Ovi and said, wow, this is what I need to do. And he did it. He just did it. He said, I'm going to get in there. That first line, um, well, I don't know whatever line, first or second, the Janssen, Matthews, uh, Nylander line, that line has been the best line this season. By far, by far. Working together. Not only before, even before when they were playing, if you want to call it uh, individually, if that's how we're going to phrase it, yeah, where they they looked really good. But I think if they work as a team, they will look even better. You saw Nylander getting in there last night. You saw Matthews getting in there last night. I don't know who, some, somehow his helmet came off. I don't remember who it was, but he was getting in there. Matthews is a big guy. I get it. He's had concussion problems. He's had shoulder injuries. But at the same time, he's he still has to get in there. Does the, It doesn't necessarily mean he needs to drop the gloves and beat the crap out of somebody. Just but, be a dick. Yeah. Use your body to your advantage. He was always – I remember – when they when he first got drafted, you remember everyone said he was going to be like Anzi Kopitar, this big two-way player. 
who was, you know, hard to get the puck off, played uh, hard in both ends of the ice, maybe puts up 70 points. We know how, how good he is offensively, one of the best goal scorers in the league. And, hey, if he can consistently be, be that two-way player, oh, boy. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, but he it, will it be is, a great player. It is like he, Matthews was one of the few Leafs to stand up and say, all right, Ovi, you're going to challenge us, we're going to accept it. Yeah, that entire line, that entire first line. How was Mitch last night? I don't know what it is. He just, it wasn't there last night. I don't know if Tavares isn't there or something. He's just, he hasn't looked. Like, yes, I don't know how many points he has. I think he's still a point per game. But aside from that, it's not, he's just not. Looking like Mitch Marner. Now, Adam Wilde brought it up. Is Mitch Marner driving play on his own? Uh, 16 points, 13 assists in 14 games. I don't know on his own. Should he, though? Yes, he should be driving play on his own. But I don't know if he is. Well, Alex... I know you wanted to talk about refs and that such. So do we want to – do you want to do your thing? Uh, can I just bring up a couple more points? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this team needs to stop taking stupid penalties. How many times – like last night specifically. I'm not 100% on the Montreal game. But last night, they were five on three in overtime. The Washington Capitals had five players. That, by the way, for those of you who aren't real big hockey fans, overtime starts with three on three. So that means the Leafs at one point took two penalties against Alex Ovechkin, the best goal scorer maybe in history. Well, and, like, and you, you, yeah. you brought up the, the Montreal game. Uh, say what you want about Max Domi punching Alex Kerfoot. Alex Kerfoot boarded him, which was a very stupid penalty. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you can punch him in the face. I uh, again, we will. I know you want to talk Domi, but uh, into adding to your point about bad penalties. Yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, continue. I don't know what it is, but the power play has the same problems it did last year, and to be honest. To have not having Tavares is not the ex- cannot be the excuse because the problems with this power play were still ongoing when Tavares was not injured. I don't know what it what it is. Maybe this the they just need to have more freedom and do whatever. But uh, time and time again they do this this weird drop drop pass. Do you see it right? Yeah. Well, I thought they brought time in... Time and time again, he, they drop it. Who is Paul his McFarland. Paul, Paul McFarland. Paul McFarland. I don't know what's going on. Like, they, I thought they fixed it because you put Matthews on his strong side for the one-timer. You have Then you have these guys switching. But the, they can't, the thing is, they can't get through the neutral zone because teams are literally preparing for this one play. Time and time again... They are still doing the drop pass and are having trouble getting out of their zone, and they're wasting so much time. 
So I don't know if something needs to happen. Like Paul McFarlane needs to say, listen, like stop doing it because you're wasting time and you're not getting through the neutral zone because teams are prepared for it. Is there someone else? If it's the same issue as last year, then there it has to be more than McFarlane or the players. Because then it's either the players aren't listening to listening to him, or there's someone else saying, "Okay, no." I have no idea. I I don't know what it is, because if you look on paper with who's on the on the power play personnel, they are very good players. Five extremely skilled players. Even without Tavares. It should be a top five power play. Yeah, they need to figure this out very soon. Is it is it safe to say Austin Matthews is the second best goal scorer in the league? Because the Washington I, Capitals of Ovechkin is consistently a top five power play. Because you always have the, the Ovechkin shot. But then the real bread and butter of that power play, yes, it's Ovechkin, but because because of the respect you have to pay to Ovechkin, it it, it allows the guys like your Backstroms and that and your your Oshies and John Carlsons to have that shot. And the Leafs can do the exact same thing. You have Marner who can play the Backstrom role. You have a Nylander or a Tyson Berry that can also do it. I haven't even brought up. Um, I even brought up the guys like Kapanen and Yachts and all those little, little pieces you have. So it makes no sense to me. Absolutely, I haven't brought up Morgan Riley either. It makes well, no sense to me why it's not working. Since you brought up Morgan Riley, I, I don't know. I've, I don't think I've ever seen this guy take a slap shot. Every time he on the power play, I see it pass back to him. He Like a wrister, like a, a, the slowest thing I've seen. Just, he just throws it in there. Toronto? Pardon? Is like, does anyone on that team know how to take a one timer, or sorry, anyone know how to make a slap shot that isn't like Barry or Muzzin? No, I don't think so. I think they need to put. I think they need to try Tyson Barry on the first power play unit. And he has to be better. Tyson Barry, yeah. Well, well I don't know. That's the thing. I know we were talking about today, and I, I before uh, I got uh, we started talking, I did. S- a little more prep. Remember, last year he was on a Colorado team, right? Was he on the first power play unit? Uh, I don't know for sure, but I would be very surprised if he wasn't. He had like okay, so points last year. If he was, he's playing with very good players. On the second power play unit with the Leafs, who is he playing with? Nylander. Kapanen. And Spezza and Kerfoot. Wait, wait, what? Uh, no, no, sorry. Spezza, I was about to say, Spezza, Spezza. Like, not be playing power play time. Really? I think so. But I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, Either okay. way, he's not playing with... the. He should be playing with Matt, the Matthews. Matthews, Tavares, uh, Janssen, Marner. Yeah. That, that's where he'll rack up points. Yes. And and the last thing I want to bring up before I get to the refs is it's not all Mike Babcock's fault. And the reason I say this is because everyone's complaining he's extremely stubborn with the goalie, the back-to-back goalie situation. Yeah. And, and uh, listen, I'm really tired of talking about it. 
So I'm going to tell you, just go listen to Rachel Dory because she explains it 10 times better than I ever could explain it. Uh, it's there's 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 a reason for it. And they're also hockey men, so they're not going to change easily. Something drastic would have to happen. Claude Julian's actually taking a page out of his book tonight. Whose book? Uh, uh, Bob Cox. Uh, Carey Price is starting tonight's game against the Coyotes, and Keith Kincaid is most likely starting against the Golden Knights tomorrow. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's great. So that's all I have to say about the Leafs to, all right. for today. You want to yell about the refs and player safety then? Sure. Then go then do that, Alex. What what's making you we talk we've teased Max Domi a bunch. Talk about that. Okay, so listen, before I start for uh, for Adam and for anyone who's listening, I'm only coming to you from a Leafs perspective because that's what I know best. Uh to be honest, that's kind of the team I watch the most. Uh, I take the time to watch this team. If I have time, I'll watch other teams as well. But I do have schoolwork, and I have to prep for this podcast. Excuses. So if 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 Adam would like to come in with another example or um, a Montreal example, I'll be glad to hear it. Now, it's funny that I'm about to complain about the Department of Player Safety and the refs after last night's Washington and Toronto game where Toronto had like it felt like a million penalties uh, against them and for them. So, but I'm going to do it anyways. Time, year and year again, we continue to say that the refs are inconsistent along with the de- Department of Player Safety. And we're back at this pa- this same time again. It's October 30th. And I'm here again saying the referees and the Department of Player Safety are extremely inconsistent. Now, I did some research because I'm a good journalist, or I try to be. The San Jose game against against the Toronto Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews was pulled from the game for concussion protocol. So if a player is slow to get up or clutches his head following a mechanism of injury after a direct or indirect blow to the head, removal from the play is not mandatory and club medical personnel shall exercise their medical judgment as to whether the player should be removed or not. This is directly in from directly from the concussion evaluation and management protocol for 2018-19. So the team obviously decided to to remove him from the game, probably because of previous concussion history. But I want to go back to the hit. Adam, can you tell me what you think of the hit that Brendan Dillon had on Austin Matthews? Before I do, did you see what Brendan Dillon did today or last night? Yes, I did. Okay, so listen. I don't care about this whole thing of admiring your past, okay? I'm a very simple person now, Alex, when it comes to hits. 
if you hit someone in the head, it is suspendable. Correct. I don't care who it is. Correct. I don't care who threw the hit. I don't care who he hit. It is suspendable. Hitting your head normally. So, Alex, have you ever banged your head on, like, a fan or something? Yes, I have. So have I. All right? I have, like, been hanging out with somebody, went to sit on down on their couch, and actually smashed the back of my head off a wall. That was drywall. Yeah. Okay, then this here's Brandon Dillon, who, you know, he's in the middle of a game. He's probably going uh, – he's hitting hard, right? I've never played hockey, but I imagine if, if me hitting my head on a wall by action hurts, I can't imagine what it's like somebody hitting my head. So I don't care if it is intentional. If it's not, again, who hits you or who is hit. If it is a hit to the head, suspend them. You're trying to erase this from the game. Do concussions and CTE on and all this – does it mean nothing to you, George Peros? Does he not remember one of his last ever, I think it was actually his last game, when he played for the Habs, he came, smacked the back of his head off the ice, and looked dazed. That's why he's not even playing anymore. That's why his career, because of impacts, blows to the head. And then there's Brendan Dillon trying to hit Brad Marchand earlier today. Leaves his feet. Like, like that was like, who, who was that former Coyote, the total scumbag? I forget his name, but that was like a hit from the 80s that Brendan Dillon did. Almost might have ended Brad Marchand's season. And I'm not exaggerating. He would have left in a stretcher and almost took out his own side at Burns. It should have been suspended. I have a couple. I have a co- Wait, which one should have been suspended? B- both. The Matthews one should be a suspension. And even if he didn't connect on Brad Marchand, there was such clear intent to hurt, that should be suspended as well. So I have a couple of questions for you. I may get to the Brad Marshall one after. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first one, you're, so you're saying the Brendan Dillon hit was direct was uh, the main point of contact? Yes. Okay, because I have the rule book in front of me. Rule forty eight point one: illegal check to the head. A uh, hit resulting in contact with an opponent's head, where the head was the main point of of contact and such contact to the head was avoidable is not permitted. Uh, so I, I don't, b- by the way, um, I don't give a shit if somebody, oh, I'm so sorry. I just wore, that's fine. <laughs> um, I don't care by the way, if somebody is taller than you, by the way, uh, yeah, hit to the head is hit to that. Yeah. So you're saying, repeat that again. It, it, it is not acceptable. Uh, right. I'm at, but I'm asking you if that hit was to the head. It was to the head, yes. It was. Okay. So there's m- many options for what the referee can do if he saw it. Number one, he can assess a minor penalty. For violation of this rule, a minor penalty shall be assessed. He can also assess a match penalty. I don't know. I, I think minimum you give him uh, a two-minute minor. Minimum. And then it says, if deemed appropriate, supplementary discipline can be applied by the commissioner at his discretion. In what world, in what world does a player get hit in the head and no one blinks an eye? The NHL. No one blinks an eye. And I and I don't want to sound like the guy... Uh, that says, oh, you're Toronto, you know, blah, 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 most important team in the league. There's five important teams in the league. 
Adam and Adam and I have talked about this. I'm tired. Like this conversation we have year after year after year that the Department of Player Safety are missing head hits and they're trying to remove it from the game. Take your head out of your butt. Figure this out. I don't care what you have to do. I have. I already have problems with the rule book and the refs. I'm not even there yet. I could talk for the next hour about my problems with this with the league. Let's take this one step at a time. Figure out what a head hit is now. That was a head hit. You don't want to call it a head hit? Then go back to the rule book at the, at the next CBA and rewrite it. Then rewrite it. Because I'm not going to watch any play. This this could be – honestly, I saw that Brad Marchand hit. If he connected, I would have been devastated. And, and you know, Adam, I don't like Brad Marchand for many reasons. Yeah, he's but a he's, nice, but you know he's still a hockey player, and I watched this game for the hockey, not for the hitting. I'm sorry, I watched this game for the goals. I don't watch this game for the fighting. I don't watch this game for the hitting. At the end of the day, I, opinion. I know many people disagree with me. I know I talk to people who disagree with me. At the end of the day, if I wanted to watch two people beat the crap out of each other, I'd go watch the UFC. Yeah. So figure out your rules. Then come back to me and do this. Because this isn't the only thing I have the problem with. I'm gonna bring up Max I, I I'm gonna bring up Max Domi, and it's nothing against Max Domi. It's it's the rule that is pissing me off. And and it sucks that it's it had to be a Montreal and Toronto game because I know you're probably gonna hate me for talking about this, but I have to do it. No, that's fine. Okay. So you you obviously saw the Max Domi hit, but the punch to the face. Uh, but so I'm gonna explain. Do you want to explain? Alex Kerfoot yeah. during the game uh, boards Max Domi. A completely stupid penalty. But Max Domi, being Max Domi, gets up, drops his gloves, and punches Alex Kerfoot. And no penalty was called. And guess what? Of course, there was no like disciplinary thing on it at all. Rule 51.1. Roughing. Roughing is a punching or slamming motion with or without the glove on the hand normally directed at the head or face of an opponent. Roughing is a minor altercation that is not worthy of a major penalty to either participant. Sorry, Max Domi had his glove off and motioned his hand punching Alex Kerfoot in the face. I'm sorry, the ref was right there. That's number one. Number one, the ref was right there. So yes, we talked about it 
before, right? Uh, we You said, ask me if he should have been suspended. I said, yes, but there's other reasons for that. Yeah. So there's no specific fine or suspension for roughing, but the lead, the commissioner can add that to the player. Yes. In what was it last year that he got suspended for the preseason? Yes. Which was absolutely meaningless. I don't know why you just sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know why you suspend a player for just the preseason. That doesn't teach them anything. No. Half the time, NHL player. Pardon? He's making the team. It's nothing to him. And people were trying to make the point of he needs to build chemistry with his linemates. Uh, Max Domi, without playing a single playing a single preseason game, being suspended, ended up with 72 points that year. Yeah. So he didn't. I think it. he's fine. So I don't know if you watched the Department of Player Safety video on this, on this video. I did because I was just curious what he was – because I was trying to find the rule, but I couldn't find the rule at first. So I watched this video. He was suspended for roughing. Also, he was suspended because – he had a repeat offender status. So if you don't know, if you get suspended within 18 months, the previous 18 months of the date you were suspended, you are a repeat offender. Yeah. So why is it, again, I get the situations were a little bit different, but by definition of the rule that he punched Alex Kerfoot in the face. Number one, he didn't get a penalty. Number two, if you're the league, you see Max Domi do that again, right? You already suspended him based off of roughing and um, him being a repeat offender. It has been 12 months, just over 12 months, since the last time he was suspended. How is it that the Department of Player Safety looks at this situation and says, no, he didn't punch him in the face. No, we're not going to suspend him. Be- I, I don't know, man. Maybe How, they like, have that stupid thing of, oh, they're in the moment. The boys let the boys play. There is I'm, no excuse. Sorry. That's the stupidest thing. That's the stupidest reason if that's if in the world. I, I can't watch this league if that's how they're going to be. I already have to deal with April, May, and June where the refs basically don't even need to be on the ice because they don't call anything legitimate. Like, this is ridiculous. The yeah. rules are set, right? They yeah. create the rule book. Why is it that we're not going to follow – we'll follow the rule book sometimes – but we're going to let them play. Why have the rule book then? Just let it be up to the ref's discretion. Screw it. Let's not have a rule book. If the ref thinks it's a penalty, that's the penalty. Because that's how we're playing now. I don't know, man. It's, I it's, think it's ridiculous. It's I, I think not. it's ridiculous. And it has nothing... I, and it has nothing to do with it being Leafs. The Leafs... 
if, Adam, if you have another example or if anyone else has another example, please let me know so I can talk about it on the podcast because I don't want to sound like I'm just being a Leafs fan. This could have – like Brad Marchand. You think if he connected on that head on Brad Marchand and nothing happened, I wouldn't be talking about it? I don't like Brad Marchand, but that doesn't mean I'm going to sit here and say, oh, it doesn't need to be a suspension because he hit Brad Marchand. It has nothing to do with that. If we want to talk, if you want me to bring up an example, uh, a big one, the Heritage Classic game. Adam Lowry is a repeat offender. He just got two games for boarding on Oliver Killington. Did you see that hit? Yeah. Like that is and Anthony Stewart tried to defend it, saying, "Oh, they're they're in the outdoor game, emotions." No, running. I know. That's I dangerous. saw that. That's no. That's I I think he was just playing. He was just playing devil's advocate, but I get what he was saying. But, I don't know, agree with it, but I get it. But it's just it, like that. That's an example, right? Of like, like, you can't let something like that happen. I understand like the thing of, oh, well, a guy turns here and this is it. like, if somebody is against the boards, especially like Killington was there, you don't go in with the militia like that Adam Lowry had. He destroyed the kid. There was no chance, like no way to defend himself. You know, he's against the boards. Like I have it up here. I'm I'm watching it like right now, right? I don't know who number seven is on the Jets, but that guy, he's battling him. He's battling Killington for the puck, right? And then out of nowhere just comes Adam Lowry and he drops. Like Killington is not moving. Like thank God you have David Riddich who was trying to drag this kid out of this scrum. But it is so bad there where – Everyone else on the ice is in a fight next to this poor player who's just been dropped. And it's so bad where he can't even move and your goalie has to try and get in the way and separate people so he's not getting hurt. Yeah, even more. yeah that hit was ridiculous. Two but games. the league – the league, I understand. I, I know. I know. But at least the league to start, fine, yes. I, I get two games probably – I don't – I have to go back and watch the hit. I'm not sure if it was enough. But at least the league did something about it. This is the point I'm getting at. The re- the number one, the referees. Number two, the the, play, the Department of Player Safety is not consistent. Far from it. And it's been like this for years. Uh, Brendan Shan, who was before George Peros? Wasn't Shanahan? I think there was someone in between Shanahan and Peros. So now Peros is inconsistent. Uh, whoever was before Peros was inconsistent. Shan, like this continues to go on and on and on. Someone needs to figure something out. I don't know what the solution is right now. I think I have a solution. They need to rewrite the rule book and figure it out. It's extremely subjective. Stefan Quintel was his uh, was predecessor, and then before uh, Quintel was Shanahan. Right. Yeah. So consistency is key. Uh, they need to. I don't know what they need to do. I can tell you what I think they should do, based on my. This is what I like. What I believe. I just said it. They need to rewrite this rule book and define what these things are. They it can't be left half of these things can't be left up to the ref's discretion because every ref's going to be different. And 
at the end of the day, I'm there to watch goals. I don't know, Adam, what are you watching hockey for? Uh, yeah, I like dangles. I love breakaways. I love you're, stuff like that. I love the goal scoring and the skill part of the game. You're there to watch the skill. Yeah. You know what the thing is? A lot of people, like, not a lot. I don't want to put a number to it, but there are people there who are not there to watch the skill. That's number one. Number two is the league probably doesn't want to get themselves into a pickle and define something, and then something happens, and then they're in a, a heap of trouble. Which Gary Bettman is a lawyer. He probably knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um. Let's move on, just because we've been going a while here, and I, I don't know if there is much else to say. So. No, there isn't anything else. I'm going to read you a bunch of stuff here, but it's all to put some stuff into perspective. First of all, uh, this is just a, a quote from Capitals head coach, who everyone we forget who exists, Todd Reardon. Uh, quote, he continues to amaze not only hockey fans throughout the world, but players in our room. That's when you really know you have respect and that you're doing something special. This is, uh, of course, Caps coach Todd Reardon, Alex Ovechkin, who moved into 12th all-time in goals tonight. Uh, to give you, so of course he just passes Luke Robitaille now. Alex Ovechkin has 669 goals in his career. Now this is a tweet from Dmitry Filipovich. Alex Ovechkin had 10 shots on goals tonight. Here are the leaders in double-digit shot games since he entered the league via Hockey Reference: Parise, Jeff Carter, Max Pacioretty, six. Sagan, Malkin, Burns with seven. By the way, shout out to defenseman Brent Burns. Evander Kane and Eric Stahl, nine. Alex Ovechkin has 49 games where he had 10 shots at least. Yeah, that's legit. That's crazy. He has all the 50 goal seasons in the world. Alex, we talked about stuff like shot attempts and that. Uh, the guy has, I, what, what was it? Shot attempts or something. Like he, he had 131 shot. shot attempts, and I think he had 70 shots on net. I'll check. So, to give you some more perspective here, again, I said, so far this season, Alex, so the other thing I've, I've written up here, so far this season, Alex Ovechkin's 18 points. He's 11 goals in 14 games played after last night. Of course, passing Lou Ropatai for sole possession of 12th all-time in goals. Uh, 39 goals separate him and Mike Gartner. The reason I bring up 39 in Mike Gardner for seventh all time is because if he's healthy and continues to score like he normally does, by the end of the year, he will be seventh all time in goals. Oh, for sure. So I don't know. I think he's a bit – it's going to be a bit much for him to pass uh, – to pass – I forget who it is. I just swore again. I'm sorry. Um, there is another player, Esposito. He won't be able to pass Esposito this year unless he gets like 60. But Alex Ovechkin, for sure, will be top 10 by the end of the year. To give you some more perspective on how wicked this guy is, especially against Atlantic teams and, and how special it is and how awesome it is to see Ovechkin, he now has 73 points in 50 career games versus the Leafs. In, in, in 50 games versus them, he has 41 goals. <sighs> this is uh, the most goals allowed by Carey Price on players. Reemsdyke and Spezza have 11. Thomas Vanek, 13. Stamko, 17. Ovechkin has 20. 
I just want to end the podcast talking oh, about boy. how special it is that, Alex, we get to see this guy. He's a unique player. He's 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 more than generational. This is one of the best players of all time. And we are getting to see him score at a pace like no one else ever has since Gretzky, maybe, when it comes to goal scoring. Yeah, you would argue he's the best. You, like you would argue that he's I the best. I am the opinion that, that Alex Ovechkin is the best pure goal scorer of all time, even if he doesn't beat Gretzky's record. I'm of that opinion. Yeah. No, I still think it's Gretzky. Well, we'll see, won't we? I guess so. What has to solidify Ovi, Ovi as number one for you? Does he have to beat the record? I think so. What if he gets, like, 50 short? Don't forget, he got locked out and missed his first year. Uh, I don't I'd have to lock. I'd have to, like, sit down with it and figure it out. I, I don't know. I don't know what it would take. I haven't really thought about it too much, to be honest. Well, <laughs> me and David Amber both think about it all the time, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, Alex, again, I think that's everything for today. We're nearing the hour 40 mark, so. No, I uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I have sworn twice, so you're not made some work for you there, Alex. But anyway, I've really enjoyed today's episode, Alex. Yeah, it was fun. So if you are listening to this podcast and you've enjoyed it, you should rate it. You should review it. You should share it. Follow me and Alex on all our social medias. Uh, watch my Habs fans' reactions. Yeah. And I think besides that, Daniel, because he couldn't make it to date, has lost the first month of our <laughs> challenge. Oh, yeah. He, he will have to eat a pepper of my choosing. But hopefully we can get him on on Sunday and we can start the new trivia challenge extravaganza. Thank you for listening, and we love you. Yeah, see you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 2 on 1 podcast.